0: Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass, we're on episode 215, glad you can join us. We've probably got a bit more of a slim show today, but there's still some good topics, so let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. I am Soraya Zell. As awesome of an intro as always, so thank you.
1: It is 100% factually accurate
0: it's also typically um, in line with the amount of effort you typically put forth in these sort of things. So, you know, at least it's accurate there. All right, Jay, you're up. Yep. Hey, this is Jason, also one of the uh,
2: purveyors of the Biomess uh, Multimedia Empire. And
1: I'm Dad's co-pilot.
2: And that's Dad's co-pilot, who's also <laughs> listening to the show tonight. At least part of it,
0: before he goes to bed. <laughs> awesome. All right, Libby, you're up.
1: I'm Libby. Um, I do blogging and gaming uh, Yes. Sorry, your kid's intro is just too cute.
0: I love it. I'm <laughs> yeah, <but not> sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff, man. It's that's, that's, that's quite all right. All right, so uh, I am Poki Draven. I help host the show. I do some gameplay recording stuff with Livy on YouTube and uh, do a lot of the Project Nova stuff that we're currently covering. So, fun stuff. However, Zell, you went and saw Ant-Man this weekend. Uh, I What did. were I your s- spoiler free last thoughts? night. Nice. What'd you think? Um,
1: I, I thought it was good. Um it's uh it's hard to say like is there yeah no i can't say anything about that um but no it was good i enjoyed it it was funny um you know i i i do wish they had saved the uh the pez dispenser moment for the actual movie surprise instead of you know throwing in the trailer but um you know uh enjoyable
2: did you see the first one though
1: of course um, okay. is, How
2: would you compare this one to that one?
1: Uh, I would say that they're pretty comparable. Like, I really enjoyed the first Ant-Man, and I, I really enjoyed this one as well. Um, thankfully, this movie is not a, a copy-paste clone of, of Iron Man 1 like the last one was. Um, and actually, like uh, one of the things I watched, uh, and, and maybe I'll put this in the show notes, we'll see... Um, uh, so you know the Honest Trailers guys, right? Yeah. So the Honest Trailers guys is as, as kind of the part of the promotional run up to this movie had the uh, director of of the two Ant Man movies uh, do this do this thing that they've done with a couple of the other directors before, where they have have them watch the Honest trailer they did about the movie uh, and let the director comment. And so it it was kind of an interesting video where you know he kind of he kind of explained like. You know, yeah, we were totally aware that this was totally the the plot of the first Iron Man movie as we were making this, um, stuff like that. That I thought was was uh, really interesting to to listen to, and I'll, I'll probably throw that in there uh, for people to check out. Um, but uh, yeah, it was good fun.
0: So, just so I'm understanding the timeline of all of this. Does this film take place after the events of Infinity War? It does not. It takes okay.
1: t- takes place around the same time give or take um actually one of those weird things um that people might not know is like if if you look at like the timeline for the original like phase one of the avengers movies like four of them took place in like a week you know like that they they have a tendency story-wise to have stacked all these together when she hits Um,
0: the fan it really does
1: (laughs) yeah and so um this is uh this is not a movie that that deals with uh thanos or the fallout of infinity war or anything like that um it is it is very much a you know movie of its own um and uh they they give uh they give uh what's his name um uh uh don't worry about it whatever uh they they the old guy um michael douglas he gets he gets more jokes this time which was nice um, but, uh, yeah, no, good movie. Go see it. Do your homework.
0: All right. Sounds pretty good, man. Yeah. So we'll, we'll probably have you give your more in-depth thoughts in a couple of weeks here and kind of spoilerific if anyone else happens to go and check it out. So that'll be good. But, uh, thanks for that. So next up is kind of an interesting bit. So I assume that everyone here pretty much subscribes to Netflix at some point. So, um, I currently use the premium service for Netflix, which is basically, it's got all the features and you can add up to four screens running at a time. Um, and I think that's about $14 a month, something like that. I know the price went up uh, a little bit ago from like 12 to 14 So it came out that I think in Italy, just in Italy, Netflix is testing out a few things where they're offering an ultra service, which is like the next tier above premium. And it sounds like it's basically the same features as premium, but you have four screens with ultra and they're actually downgrading the premium to just two screens at a time. So it's going to be more expensive to get the same thing you have right now. And I, this I is, love
1: when they do things like this. We're announcing a new higher tier plan.
0: But it's the same thing you already exa- get, but yeah, for $3 more. Cool. Yeah.
1: Surprise.
0: You know, and the thing is, it's like... Okay, for one, they're very clear that, like, we're just testing this out to see how the market responds to it. It's, like, only in Italy right now. I think it's just certain parts of Italy. So it's not, like, this is a done deal where everyone's Netflix is going to go up by $3 or whatever. Um, it's just them kind of exploring, like, how much do people actually want to pay, you know, for this service? So it looks like under the new model, what they have is basic is, like, €8 Euros a month. And that gets you, like, one screen in, like, basic features. And then there's, like, the... The advanced version, which is still one screen but some better stuff, and then premium is kind of the full package with two screens. Then ultra is the full package with the four screens, and it looks like it is um, three euros more. And for some reason, it looks like the euro is directly the same as the U.S. dollar price. So if it's 14 euros, it's 14 dollars, even though 14 euros works out to quite a bit more than 14 dollars. But that's the pricing scheme they have right now. So I'll kind of be curious to see if this is something that we see um, spread beyond this test, but you know, it's a potential that you might be increasing your price of your Netflix by a few bucks um, in the future. How many of you would actually pay for the upgraded service to get the four screens or would you just say, I'll take the two and call it a day? Cool. Go ahead.
1: Who uses four screens on Netflix at once?
0: My family does, we share the same account. Yeah, same.
1: Okay. Like literally
0: yeah. two or three screens I, could be
2: going I at one time with a kid. Yeah, I could kind of see.
0: I could potentially see that, but we've we've got
2: like the you know whatever the premium Netflix services. We we use it a fair amount, but I don't know that I need four running all at the same time because you're basically just logging on to the same account. You know, I can run it off any device or TV I got that plugs into the internet.
1: Right, like that's that's the thing is like I can think of you know sharing an account and even like. It's reasonable for me to share an account with a one screen limitation because there's a, a, you know, a pretty thin amount of time that I and someone I'm sharing with is both going to be watching something at the same time. Two streams seems like a pretty adequate, like, ability to have multiple streams going for, I don't know, five or six people sharing something. I, I have a hard time believing that you need four simultaneous connections unless you are really piping that that account out or you have way to like a ton of people on there yeah
2: i'm not really seeing the number of screens which i assume is like number of simultaneous logs it is effectively. yeah effectively that that's... doesn't really do anything for me It's for me it's more about like what level of content are you providing or not providing cuz that it's
1: it's the same level for everybody with netflix yeah. so
2: no, that's what i'm saying is like there's i don't i'm not seeing where the the value for something like that would be
0: yeah, for me it was, uh, so I, we originally had like the two screen limitation, um, and that was fine. And then I was um, unemployed for a little bit cause I, I got laid off from my job. So I was at home, you know, job searching with Netflix rolling on the side. Right. And so the number of people using Netflix simultaneously was significantly higher. Um, and I kept running into that issue where it was like, you know, my, my dad's on it, my brother's on it. And I try to log on to watch something and it's like, shit, I, I need to upgrade. Um, so we, we ultimately upgraded to, you know, the four screen just because we needed like three, 50% of the time. Um, so for this, though, I've there's other streaming platforms I watch now, you know, Crunchyroll Animation, that sort of thing. So I'm not on Netflix as much. It's actually probably the, the one I use the least. So if they downgraded me to two screens, I'd probably just shrug it off and go, we'll just keep it as that because it's not enough of an inconvenience. But for a while there, I we definitely did have a use where it was it was a, becoming a problem where we'd have more than two people watching at the same time. You know, you come home from work and everyone's kind of doing their own thing and watching their their respective shows. So I, I can see the use for it because I've been there, but I think for my personal situation right now, I'd probably be okay with being bumped back down to two if even it was the same price, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, part of it is there. there's like a, a whole lot of different streaming services that are out there now, and I mean, I'm a long-time Netflix user. I just like, but I just don't see a draw for me to want to pay more to get what they, what they what it sounds like they're describing that they're going to offer.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense, and it's it's nice that they, for the time being, haven't started to paywall stuff behind different tiers, and it's just whatever you get is everything. You know, it might be a different stream quality or number of of screens, but at least the content is the same, which is nice. So, well, like, hopefully they like, keep ooh, that. Like-
2: so we've got a Hulu account too and there's so the way they kind of do it is there's basically their Netflix type service um, which effectively works exactly the same as Netflix and it's you know you could get that I think they have a little bit more in terms of uh, current TV shows and stuff like that but it's it's still pretty good Uh, but what you pay extra for or what you can pay extra for is if you want live television so like if you want if there's like a, like a lot of news services and support services stuff like that, they'll offer live streaming, so you can have that as an upgrade function on Hulu. Um, to me, that's an example of like where there's a there's a content differential that that I could see, you know, that, that I would have the desire to potentially pay for. Uh, but just screen access doesn't, you know, that's not cutting it for me. But you know, like I said, the, the, the Hulu model is not bad. Um, Netflix, to, to the best of my knowledge, they do not offer anything kind of like that, uh, in terms of live, like live services or anything like that. So, uh, just for what it's worth, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things you can shop for out there in terms of streaming services. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how this is going to go. Cause I think a lot of these streaming services, we're going to put a lot of traditional cable, uh, cable platforms out of business, or they're definitely going to change their business model. Like, so when we moved up here to, uh, to Detroit, we didn't get cable, we just got you know, gig internet and we do everything off of like streaming services between Netflix and Hulu and like, you know, you can get the Amazon prime and all that other kind of good stuff. If you want neck, that, that covers, I would say just about anything you want to watch that we found out.
0: Yeah. We made that jump a while ago too, where it was like, There wasn't enough stuff on cable exclusively that it made it worth the price difference. And, you know, even if Netflix goes up a few dollars, it's still a huge savings overall if that's what you're sticking with compared to cable. So, you know, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how the market kind of adjusts for this. I mean, you've already seen cable companies move to a, hey, there's no more contract. You can just pay by the month because they know that. People like that, you know, non-committal, I can pay for just a month if I want to. In the old method of, you know, a two-year contract, is just kind of not desirable anymore. And I think they've had to make that adjustment because of streaming services like Netflix and Hulu. So moving along here, um, Livy found this and I kind of blinked and stared at her when she said that, hey, did you know that Chris Hemsworth is going to be the next Men in Black movie? Oh, yeah. I heard about so, that. So, yeah, they're doing a reboot, apparently, with Chris Hemsworth and Liam Neeson.
2: Liam Neeson, come on, come on. I I thought this is it a reboot or is it just a like, hey we're going to try the, the UK branch of the Men in Black in the same. It's
1: going to be a reboot as as they sh- say now. Okay, but it's, it's being filmed in London, I believe. So you know, that's sort of different.
2: Because what I what the the brief mention I heard it was a hey they're going to go to like to the London branch of the Men in Black or whatever and and you'll have. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it was right. Liam Neeson, which I basically said, "Oh, that's the British Tommy Lee Jones. That'll work," you know. And uh,
1: <laughs> pretty, pretty so. much, he'll be punching aliens this time instead of wolves. But
2: yeah, pretty much. Uh,
1: so, with this as the casting duo here, is there is there already an uproar that there is not a, a black dude in this cast here? It it seems odd to me. Like, I, I'm trying to figure out if that would work without like. To me, this franchise is very much dependent on on will smith to be honest
2: yeah i'll buy that i just don't know if will smith is willing to do a movie like i
1: think i think he's done and they're probably not thinking of trading like for like they're just like we need two good looking people in england (laughs) i don't know this is like i like i i know you'd have to replace him but like i can't see i can't see uh, Hemsworth stepping into that that role and it being anything like the same thing, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I mean, his recent like the Thor movies have been pretty, pretty comedy focused as opposed to you know more serious like the original ones were. So maybe he's kind of slipping into that more. Hey, I can I can I can be fun. I can hang with the kids. You know. I mean, I, yeah, I knows? think he's just, right. I he's mean, he's got yeah. kind of a different
2: vibe to him. No, I don't know that he's going <laughs> to carry a, a comedy movie like Will Smith probably could.
1: Right. But they do, yeah. I mean, if they want diversity, they have Tessa Thompson, who played uh, the Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok. So uh,
0: that, that, oh, that, oh, that,
1: that could be your drop of color if you need it. Oh, is she going to be in this? Uh, too? Yes. Okay. Okay.
0: So they just took Thor Ragnarok and added Liam Neeson, but they're still aliens. <laughs> Pretty- <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm only going to be satisfied if there are Pakistanis, uh, Chinese, and
0: Canadians equally represented in this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hashtag diversity. But, yeah, no, I haven't heard anything, any controversy about that, Sal, but uh, I think that you have a good point. Yeah, give it a minute. <laughs> yeah, I get, now that you've said it, it's Google has picked up on this once this is uploaded, and then it'll just auto feed you know some controversy out there that people will start freaking out about so if there is it's your fault like,
1: i i feel like this this is like the makings of, of of a whitewash drama when you have like one person and 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 they're like iconic to the role and they're like okay we're gonna reboot it but now they're white <laughs> it's, i i don't see that going well but okay
0: well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it depends on how they want to play it. If they're going to try to make it be kind of the same tone as the original ones, um, I can see them maybe stumbling with that. Because like you said, you, Chris Hemsworth is not going to be able to handle a the same kind of comedy that, that you saw with Will Smith. So yeah, you you hope they don't just try to do the same thing. They try to actually change it so it makes you know sense with the actors they're working with. But, you know, we'll have to oh. see. You'd hope that in a lot of movies, wouldn't you? Yeah, but? you would. You <laughs> would. <laughs> so another movie that I came across that was like, admittedly like at the end of may, I think the story came out cause I didn't even hear about it, but I thought I'd bring it up. So did you know they're making a Top Gun too? Yes. Yes, I did. And they're going to have uh, Tom Cruise and, and Val Kilmer in it as well. And apparently there is going to be a volleyball scene because that's the most important part to talk about.
2: Well, they're, they're going to have to give Val Kilmer some steroids. Uh, <laughs> next the last picture I saw,
0: um,
2: but and in, in, Tom Cruise just continue to use whatever Scientology witch magic or whatever he's doing. He's gonna be fine.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't even know, man. Um, the synopsis that they gave was just kind of. He was like, okay, that that could be interesting. We're basically they're basically flight instructors, but they're teaching uh, fighter pilots in an age where drones are kind of you know more of a thing. Um, so that could be it. Could be interesting, but you know we'll, we'll have to see. I'll have to rewatch. It's been God. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but rewatch that one to see you know, what the last one was like and then how badly they screw up the sequel. So it'll be good.
2: So like we just keep reaching back into our childhood and saying, what shows can we ruin now?
0: It really is kind of this like, let's just make sequels or reboots of everything because we can't think of anything new that's that's good. Um, and even we do make a sequel of like, you know, a Star Wars film, we just botch it. So, you know, there's always that. Hey, oh.
2: Victory Royale alert in uh, Fortnite. I'm watching my nine year old get a chicken dinner right now. <laughs> what? Nice. Yep. Oh, no. Oh, OK. All right. I, I took totally has nothing to do with what we're talking about in terms of like whitewashing most of Hollywood to suit our, uh, you know, wasp growing up style of comic book heroes. Um, like last night, I'm going through the Leviathan Raid in Destiny, which is a very long and drawn out process, like multiple hours, you know, and he's sitting here like coaching me as though I'm like a kid on a, on a soccer field and he's yelling at me from the stands. And it, it was at one point the guys I was with literally said, "Hey, you may want to let him have this part. It sounds like he can do better."
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's awesome! No, no my, my look, brothers, I get it. But mm-hmm. my, my brothers actually told me a few stories about uh, you and him playing Destiny and how he's actually really, really, really good at Destiny. So um, that 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 makes sense.
2: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! But uh,
0: no, I'm sorry, I, I, I digress. But I had to give you the chicken, the winter, winter
2: chicken dinner alert.
0: Well, I'll, I'll take, you know, we'll call it comfort in the fact that I can probably make it to like rank 96 in a battle royale game, and, and a nine year old can get to number one.
2: I, I you know, cannot, I cannot play Fortnite to save my life. So I've been trying, and I, I, you know, it's, it's easy games, popular. That is a hard, like I for whatever reason it just doesn't sync with me. I struggle that game. He's killing it. He's like on the PlayStation, on the Switch, he's like massacring people. Like,
0: I I think for me, I struggle with the patience element, where in most shooters, it's always like, go kill the enemy, capture the objective, win. Where, with Battle Royale, it's very much just don't die, and then make sure you kill the last guy at the very end. I mean, that's really the ultimate thing, is just be patient. Don't go crazy and survive. And I can't do it. I get itchy. I'm like, I just, like, I go run out. I'm gonna charge the center and then boom, headshot and I'm dead. So, I can't, I can't do that style of game. I get why people like it, um, and I admire those who are good at it. But I just got terrible. Speaking of Fortnite, so if you're not familiar with the game Fortnite, there is a particular fast food restaurant in the world of Fortnite, and it's called Durburger. You know, it's spelled D U R R burger. It's the burger, the burger, um, and its its mascot is basically this giant cartoon burger head with its tongue hanging out. You know, as you imagine, it probably is making the sound "dur." Um, so, in recent Fortnite stuff, we talked about, I think last week, how there've been rocket launches that have been going off in match, and what is happening is these rockets are basically exploding in the sky and effectively, like, cracking through reality is kind of how people are describing it. These cracks are getting bigger and bigger as time goes on. Well, Durburger has disappeared from the map. It's gone. Um, with no explanation, it's just no longer in the game of Fortnite. Um, the restaurant's there, but the head, the burger head itself, is gone. Well, someone found it um, in California. I... <laughs> <laughs> so, they, there's this giant Durburger like, full-size Durburger helm, just sitting, like, on some California beach, and people have found this thing sitting there. Um, And I guess there was like a cop car next to it or something and a sign that said like, Hey, this site is unstable. Approach at your own risk. Um, Kind of implying that like part of the Fortnite game world has broken free and is now appearing in uh, the real world. It kind of reminds me of like what they did with uh, the warmine expansion for Destiny when they had like the, the spear was like in some random spot. Sorry. What was that Jay? You're breaking up. Yeah.
2: I'm sorry. The Valkyrie spear. Yeah.
0: You had to. Dad. I got the chicken dinner, Dad. I won yeah.
2: No, he's he is he's steadily got his own YouTube channel. He he is referencing something to do with Snobby Shores, which is a named location that apparently has something. He is now skydiving. I'm I'm, I'm live streaming this right now. He's now skydiving to Snobby Shores uh, to try to seek out whatever it is that we're talking about.
0: No. Not- oh, the uh, the burger. Yeah, there's there's so much more involved with Fortnite that I don't. Even grass, people drop names of locations. I'm like, that's cool. I've seen the burger in the PVE portion of the game, so I know what it yes, looks like. He, he is now moving to confirm or deny if der Burger has
2: has, in fact, uh, slipped through a crack in reality.
0: Uh, OK, I'll
2: be able to give you a report sometime before, unless his mom calls and tells me to go, go to bed.
0: okay so while we wait for that report to come in um so yeah i guess that bunch of youtubers or popular streamers went to this location and there was someone there who gave them like this business card with a phone number on the back and if you call the phone number you hear the sound of um what i understand the sound that like basically the rocket makes when it apparently collides with the reality marble of uh you know fortnite so Obviously, something is happening. I know that season five is coming up pretty soon here. So I imagine that something big is probably going to happen. um, I I desperately want to watch the Battle Royale in downtown
2: Detroit. If we could do that, I would pay money like it was a UFC match.
0: <laughs> you know that actually would be kind of an interesting take. Like, let's take like an actual location and build a stylized map around it and actually do a, a battle royale in it. People would have fun with that, especially if they like did like a tour of different cities around the world around the, the country. Hey, you, you'd only have like 99 deaths
1: to clean up at the end of it.
0: Well, they're not like a real battle royale, though. I'm talking like <laughs> you're translate. Well, kind of like um, Ubisoft no, 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 does, no, like no, with uh I want mm-hmm. somebody in a pink bunny
2: costume with us. you know a silent submachine gun running around Detroit. Trying to shoot people. That's what I want.
0: How long would they last? You think? Let's take well, it depends. Okay,
2: so it depends on what side of Eight Mile are they on. If the north side of Eight Mile, they probably got a good chance of lasting for a while. And on the south
0: side, it's probably not looking good for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I. I think this is really cool. What their developers doing now, where they're trying to like make it almost like this geocaching thing where it's like hey if you figure out this clue inside the game you can actually go to a location in in the real world and actually find you know kind of part of you know what you've been doing i think it makes kind of the experience a little more um visceral a little more in uh, immersive in that sense and it's, it's really cool to see more and more companies doing this like even when destiny 2 did i'm like yeah, the Warmind expansion's okay, but that piece of marketing right there is pretty damn cool. So I hope that other developers kind of take this hint and, and start doing stuff like that because it's really awesome.
2: No, I think I think when when companies do these kind of things, uh, if they're done smartly and, and they you know they kind of catch on a little bit, it's a really it's a really fun tool. And like I said, you know, they're they the genius that Epic Epic has in this is they're taking a fairly simple game and turning it into you know something kind of neat, more of an event. They're they're turning things into events whether they're happening in game and now they're, they're touching on some things that, that can happen out of game overall. I mean, like I said, it's kind of cool. Uh, I totally want to see like, you know, the, the stay Puft marshmallow man version of the dirt burger head at some point in the game where they, you have to like take down like hundred people. It's got taken down like that. That would be pretty cool. But say it, that out there.
0: I, I would pay to see a uh, Fortnite boss battle. I'd be pretty badass. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's really good stuff. So, um, yeah, good on Fortnite for kind of trying to take this to a, a different level, and I think it's pretty cool. So we'll kind of continue to track that. And uh, I'm not a, a player of Fortnite Battle Royale, but uh, for the sake of, of Jay's son, we will, of course, continue to cover it and talk about it. Yeah,
2: pretty much whether we want to or not, I got it. <laughs> yeah, he's,
0: he's going to be there. <laughs> uh, so in other news, we've got uh, Destiny 2. So the South Korean version of Destiny 2 has been announced, and it's kind of an interesting thing thing going on. So, as you know, Destiny 2 has been plagued with a lot of complaints about the fact that the game is very, very heavily centered around the Eververse store. And the Eververse store is, of course, the premium store where you can buy loot boxes to get various cosmetics and stuff like that in the game. Um, and people have kind of complained that the content is often really angled towards pushing you to to buy stuff from the Eververse store, uh, which is still true to this day. It's, it's still a bit of a, a problem in that regard. However, it has kind of gotten under the radar of a lot of the flack running around recently because the stuff in the store has always been, for the most part, entirely cosmetic and provides really no benefit to the player in-game. So there's no really pay-to-win mechanics. And this has been, like I said, kind of like when people go, okay, we'll allow it. It's kind of along the same lines as like uh, Overwatch, where it's not, you know, part of like boosting your character or anything like that. Okay. Okay. So the South Korean version of the game has been announced. And it is not called Destiny 2. It's called Destiny Guardians. And the reason it's different is because, one, it's going to be completely isolated from all other versions of the game. And that is primarily to do with the fact that the Eververse store is significantly different in the fact that, is one, there's...
1: pay-to-win in that,
0: yeah, there? Yeah, there, there's, there's a new that's NPC I, character, and it's yeah. all pay-to-win stuff. Um, that,
1: that entirely sounds like what I would expect.
0: Yeah, and this is because... In the west it's far less acceptable to have pay to win mechanics in korea they do not care they think that's totally fine um and so it's it's not a problem so it's basically Bungie going like hey we could tap this market and make some money so they were probably smart to make it a different npc at the eververse it is not Tess everest it's somebody else um because i can only imagine the youtube people freaking out over hey here's Tess selling pay to win stuff in Korean Destiny, I can only imagine how long it is until we get it here. Um, so I think they're, they're being a little preemptive in that and trying to make it very visually different. This is not the same thing as what you guys have in the Western version of the game. Um, but I thought it was really interesting. I mean, I know that in, in a lot of Korean games, like I said, it's very acceptable. You see a lot of pay-to-win mechanics. Um, it's talked about pretty openly. They're totally okay with that. And it what looks have, like that they seen, want to take advantage of that. Kind of, what are the kind of items that they're offering? They weren't really clear on specifically what it is, but it's, uh, what was the exact word of this? Basically, you can buy stuff to get to the highest power level is how they worded it. So is that like, it could be something as much as, hey, buy this item and you can infuse it into your gun to boost its power level to X, you know, or your armor or whatever, something like that. So it would kind of allow you to skip the grind um, very quickly or potentially buy specific guns or mods to help you in PvP. Um, they're not being specific, but it was pretty clear that it is pay to win in some sense, and they're cool with that.
2: Uh, All right, that that would uh, that'd be interesting. <gasps> I think I, I, I
0: saw right? I saw I saw
2: the uh, you know, kind of the the blurb about that they were going to offer that, but I didn't catch the part that it was going to be uh, you know that that kind of stuff that they were going to be selling. I just thought it was like a regionalization type activity. I didn't realize it was um, you know necessarily. Uh, gameplay mechanic type stuff.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it, it could be, again, they weren't clear, and it could be a true pay-to-win where you're buying something that's going to give you a very obvious advantage, or it could be something as simple as I said, like you're infusing stuff to kind of skip that that grind loop that you have in Destiny where you try to get, you know, the next gun to infuse into your current gun to kind of boost its level a little bit higher and letting you skip that. Um Time saver, that sort of thing. And those things are arguably pay-to-win because they let you get to the top faster than everybody else if you fork out the cash for it. Um, or there could be more blatant stuff like, you know, you're going to have a, a big, huge advantage that someone else is going to have to put a ton of effort in to get to the same point and require a lot of luck. Uh, kind of like, you know, Star Cards were in, in Battlefront 2 where it was like, it was the jump was so huge that it didn't make sense to grind through it normally. You were better off just basically buying the stats. So... We'll see. Um, the good news is is that it's completely separate. They've been very clear it is not going to interact with any other version of Destiny, so you don't have to run risk of, you know, boosted characters running in Crucible or anything like that. It's going to be self-contained, only Korean players playing against Korean players. Um, so, I mean, that's that's good to hear if there's any sort of pay-to-win mechanics um, going into that Eververse store, but... Uh, it should be interesting. It's, it's a strange move for them to, not strange I guess, it makes sense that they were going to, it's a different name, it's not Destiny 2, it's Destiny Guardians it's going to include everything from Destiny 2 up through the Forsaken DLC, kind of an all-in-one package, but it is a separate title and they're really trying hard to stay away from kind of the visual of the Eververse store and trying to stay away from well, the name Destiny 2 specifically. That's true
2: but the, the image of the, of the vendor she has the Eververse uh, symbol on her, her coat, right. jacket, or whatever.
0: But I think they want to avoid invoking the image of that same character with the version of Eververse that you have okay. in, no, you're in, right. in our version. But I think I think that's absolutely accurate. <laughs> so yeah, that should be interesting. Um, this is a PC-only version game, by the way. There's no console version of it. It's going to be PC-exclusive.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Um,
0: yeah, so I, I think they were just like we're not gonna even mess with all of that because that's you know, additional cost maybe they're not looking to get into right now, but well
1: I think the PC I think the PC market penetration in Korea is much, much higher uh, than it is here. I mean it, we're we're talking about where PC gaming cafes are a popular thing, you know. I d I, I don't see I don't know if the console market's really worth it there in a lot of cases.
0: Yeah, I'm actually be curious to look into that to see what the ratio is. No, yeah, no, I mean, well, it's it's definitely it's definitely a
2: different gaming culture there. Zell's right with that. Um, I just, but that's that's an interesting interesting thought. Like in terms of Korea, like what the um, kind of what their market share is for you know type of console versus PC or whatever.
0: Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. I'll, I'll look into that and kind of get back maybe next week and talk about, you know, because I mean, the, the PC console thing is always a discussion, but I'd be curious to kind of see around the world where you see a heavier saturation of console versus PC. It'd be good talk. So we'll look into that. So speaking of games that started on PC and, and you know, went to console, um, Warframe. So Warframe is a really interesting story. Um, if you've ever looked at some of the history of Warframe, it's 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 actually very fascinating. So this is a free to play game that is probably the most amount of content in one of the best supported free-to-play games you're going to find ever. ever. Like it's insane. Like you know there's like something I saw today and I didn't look too closely it was like yeah so they're adding like ship to ship combat and Warframe and you can get like hoverboards and like fly from one ship to the other and fight on top of them and all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm like, "Oh. Okay." And of course that's a free update to the title. It's just they're all over the place to a point where their biggest flaw, their biggest fault, I think, is the fact that the game is so rich in content, it's unapproachable if you're new to the series because it's just so much to take in. You know, I played for a while, fell out of it, came back to look at, it, and I was like, "Whoa, this is I don't want to deal with all this right now," and it never got back into it. But yeah, um, yeah,
2: yeah. That's that is a. Have you seen the no clip series on that?
0: Yes, and that's okay. a very, very good, very good video.
2: So there, there's a uh, company called NoClip that, that uh, generally you can generally find their stuff on YouTube, uh, and they do professional documentaries that are centered around uh, gaming, like particularly video gaming, and they're extremely well done. I mean, and, and they they have access to some pretty pretty heavy hitting um, you, you know game companies for some of their stuff, and they did one on Warframe that kind of talked a little bit about this. And and if you like Warframe, I, I've dabbled in it got away from it, I was like, man, I don't know. It's I'm just not sure about the style of the game and this, that, and the other. It, it didn't immediately, you know, kind of ring to me, but I, I could see there's a lot going on with it. Well, I came back to it um, maybe a year, year and a half after that, and they had done a couple series of big updates, and they do these big updates uh, continually. In fact, I think they're gaining steam, to be honest with you, no pun intended. Um, that game is... Uh, it, Incredibly dense in terms of the the story, the world, the lore. It's very unique. The art style is almost like a manga style art style in some in some ways. But it is, uh, if you want a free play game uh, and you want to you want something to occupy some time, that's probably the way to do it. Uh, awesome. And then the other thing that they do real well is they understand how to monetize their game probably as well as anybody. And I, I mean, I would say. You know, I would chalk them up there with Epic easily in terms of, you know, understanding how to monetize what items in their game at what price point um, that the players feel like they're getting value and the company is making money they need. And it's obviously working because they're making money. I don't know if they're making money hand over fist, but they're sure pumping out content like they are
0: you know they do they do fantastic and they have a really good um transparency with their community they have very regular um kind of meet with the devs you know they push out a big talk a discussion about upcoming features what they're working on you know you pretty much know what's coming um all the time uh, and they also have kind of like a I'll call it kind of like a, a CCP fan fest style thing called Tenocon that happens um, annually Let's and go. they just had one. Oh, this, oh, take a second okay. sorry go ahead and they just have one, and so the big announcement at TennoCon was um, kind of the new expansion, kind of stuff we were, I mentioned a minute, a minute ago, um, but also the fact that it is now coming to Nintendo Switch. So the game is going to be what? available on Switch. Yep, it's coming to Switch. Uh, there's no word on when it's going to happen, but it's happening, which is pretty cool because the game is really, it's a sexy game. Like, it, it runs very well. I'm kind of curious how well how well it will do on the Switch, but... Having it, um, you know, on a mobile platform is pretty badass. So I'm kind of excited for that. I'd, I'd be kind of curious
2: about that because it's 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 definitely a very movement fluid style game. I mean, it's it's you know, it's built the, the actual game minute minute gameplay is really built around creative ways to use three or four different movement mechanics really really quickly. Uh, I mean, the shooting and you know, like the actual just like pulling triggers, and aiming, and using buttons and stuff is okay um melee is a big part of the game Um, but it's i think i think it'd be interesting to play on a switch it would be that's a lot going on on a little bitty screen though i can tell you that
0: yeah and i think that they'll probably have to drop some of the special effects down because if you like turn all the bells and the whistles on for a poor frame um one your computer slows down to like a crawl and there's so many damn particles and bright lights and lasers everything going everywhere like it looks crazy and, and um, you know it's a big spectacle but they'll probably have to cut a bit of that out and kind of focus on just kind of the core stuff happening which well it still looks good like don't get me wrong even on minimum settings warframe is a, it's a very sexy game um but kind of to your point jay about like all of the control schemes i'm kind of curious how that's going to work because i know for when i play on pc like the the range of movement options and how you execute some of these crazy spin dash sliding slash attacks you know um, it's like, oh, yeah, you just push these 46 keys in a row and it, you feel like you're playing Star Citizen because it's so complicated to actually push the right <laughs> buttons. So um, I'll be curious to see how well it translates to uh, to the Switch. Um, I didn't play too much on the PS4 version when it came out. I play mostly on PC, so I can't speak for how the game does with with console controls. But I'm kind of curious to see how well this does on the Switch, because having like I said, having that on a mobile platform is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I, like Warframe, one of those games that uh,
2: it, it's even if you're not gonna play it, it's cool to know a little bit about it just because of how they're uh, how they've kind of developed that thing and what they're I think what they kind of intend to do with it.
0: Yeah, I'll be curious to see kind of where they go moving forward because they, like you said, they're picking up steam and they're just plowing through everything. So it's it's really cool to kind of see. A free to play game done right and be super successful, kind of like what we were talking about last week with with uh, Fortnite Battle Royale feeling like this is a good quality value. Um, it respects the players and the developers are really cool and open about everything. Uh, Warframe is another very, very solid example um, of that as well. And so we'll get we'll get that no clip documentary into the notes for the uh, the show. I've got it's actually two parts. The whole thing is like an hour long. So it's it's in depth, but it's really, really good. You should definitely check it out. Another real quick thing I wanted to talk about, uh, Monster Hunter World, just two quick details. So it sounds like the details regarding the launch of the PC release of the game will be coming out sometime next week. Um, I imagine it'll probably be shortly after kind of the weekly reset. So if you're waiting to get Monster Hunter on PC, it will be, you know, at least an announcement uh, next week. So you check that out. Um, Additionally, there was a recent interview with the developers regarding the Final Fantasy XIV crossover with Monster Hunter World. So this is the one that was bringing the behemoth monster to the game. Sounds like it got delayed a little bit, unfortunately, so I'm probably not expecting it to come out with the summer events starting on Thursday this week, but uh, hopefully we'll still get it sometime this summer. So, fingers crossed, looks really cool, but uh, probably won't be happening this week, unfortunately. So, an interesting thing that kind of popped up, and this is, of course, an ongoing discussion we've been having about loot boxes and gambling and all that stuff, and how a lot of countries in Europe have kind of jumped onto the uh, philosophy that, you know, certain kind of loot boxes are considered gambling and that they must be removed from the game or it's going to be a legal battle with that company or the game will be just banned in the country so france is they have their gambling commission that recently came out and they did a study on loot boxes and they basically deemed that under current france gambling laws loot boxes in video games do not legally constitute as gambling and therefore are not considered illegal under gambling laws which is kind of interesting because it is in obviously not in line with what a lot of the other countries in Europe have kind of been talking about, um, which is, you know, probably a win for companies like EA that really dive deep into this this uh, loot box thing. However, they did kind of continue on to say it's not technically gambling, but it's really, really close to gambling um, and that they deem them to kind of be problematic and they aren't specifically saying you have to remove them but they're saying to kind of legislation, these are problematic and you should do something about them in the future here, because it, it's not a good thing. Even if it's not currently illegal, you should probably look at it as something else, you know? So I thought that was kind of interesting that it, we've, we've kind of sent, seen this trend in Europe, moving away from loot boxes and in France coming out and saying, well, it's okay, but you might want to think about it, you know, in a different light.
2: Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm just... I'm still kind of interested to see what's actually what what will ultimately affect real change on this because I I think I, I think you got to have what you know we got pretty close with the EA you know Star Disney Star Wars brouhaha that kind of kicked a lot of it. it really didn't kick it off but it certainly gave a lot of emphasis to it but I think you got maybe one more real serious incident where where there's got to be something that will kind of push push them over the edge a little bit in terms. In terms of how this is going to work, uh, and to, you know, I, I think if they at least would put the odds on there, like, hey, you get—I think if they would at least put the odds on there, where you could see, kind of what, like, what's your odds of getting a certain thing? Thing is, uh, one that's pretty eye-opening when you when you realize how little of a chance you have. Sometimes I think that would help. Uh, but frankly, I, I just—I'm not really sure why the loot box mechanic works. It seems like. Maybe it's just the way my head works, but if you offered a selection of things and then you, and then you just bought it, you could even charge a little bit of a little bit extra money because you know you're going to get it. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and that's like uh, before Heroes of the Storm Gout loot boxes. It used to be you just bought the skins you wanted, and I would definitely say I spent more money on the game when I could do that. Whereas now I really don't like. They still have sometimes if there's a new item you can buy it outright, but for the most part. They want, you know, they've got the loot box model for, for the cosmetics, and I'm like, there's no draw there. Um, I did want to say that one of the things is is you mentioned that it would be nice if they posted the odds. And, and one of the things that I feel is always important to point out is that they can't just post the odds because they're not straight odds. And that's one of the things that um, a lot of people don't really get is that it's very rarely that they're actually just doing random um there's a lot of complex rules that they use and this is you know and this is this is part of the the reason that it is as manipulative as it is is they can actually tweak how much how, how your odds are based on your spending habits and based on your play habits and they can actually adjust it per player to make it to you know to to make sure that they keep you hooked um and, and some are very honest about it, some are not. But, you know, like, one of the things that I, I believe um, some of the Blizzard games have, I think Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm have, like, a legendary, like, a cap. Like, you're guaranteed to get a legendary every X number of boxes. So they have, like, a little separate counter that keeps track of that that's hidden. And and so, you know, if you're not getting any out of dumb luck, eventually they'll just throw one in. Um, and so there, there's stuff like that. Um, but there's a lot of like shady stuff that they can do to, to, to mess with your mind and kind of keep you hooked on the mechanic. And that's, that's why even just forcing them to post odds would cause a significant change in in the way these played out.
0: I mean, EA, EA was even playing around that patent for, and we talked about it where it was, if you were in a game and you played against somebody who's using a, um, Something that they purchased or got through a loot box mechanic or monetization scheme and you know you lose or you die to that person It would then market that item to you specifically And then if you purchase it would intentionally pair you against people who are like like lower um, Play bracket to give you the sensation that what you what you bought had immediate value because oh I bought this thing and now I'm kicking ass for the next 10 games, you know Um, To kind of make people feel like, hey, my purchase was worthwhile, even though it's kind of an artificial um, tweak, and and like what you're describing is all the same way where it's like, hey, you haven't spent money in a while, but if you, you know, buy a loot box, we'll boost those odds a little bit so you get something good to think, hey, this is worthwhile. And you're much more likely to do it again because, you know, the first time was good, right? And then the odds would probably drastically drop off after that. So there's lots of things you can do to kind of tweak it. And if they did anything like posting odds, they would really have to actually make it real time to show like the current odds are this, but after I buy my first one or whatever, it's actually gone down by, you know, 30% or whatever. And that, that would really kind of be eye-opening and something that they really may not want to do because they would I mean, show I, their hand on what they've been working what they've been kind of doing behind the scenes so far i
1: suspect if they were forced to post odds they would not be able to manipulate the odds like they do generally you know if you you know buy a lotto ticket that has has static odds for all players regardless of who you are um i, I think that if uh if they started posting odds and then were manipulating them and people would find out very quickly if the posted odds were different for different people Um I, I think that that would explode on them far worse than just moving to straight odds if they're forced to
0: post yeah. it. Well, because when, when China put that law into place where they had to post the odds, right, didn't Blizzard get around it because they said, well, you're not actually buying it directly. You're buying currency, which you're then spending on the items, and therefore we don't have to follow that law. Um, Oh, they were doing something
1: really creative, actually. They were actually selling you currency was what they were selling you. And they would sell you – it would be a tiny amount of currency that really wasn't worth what you were paying. But that's what you were buying was the currency, and then it's and as a bonus you get loot boxes, oh. even though the loot boxes are worth ten times what the currency is. They would they they describe the loot boxes as the bonus to your purchase, you know, just the free throw in. Um, oh, that's it's so it,
0: slimy. It, it'd be like <laughs> it's smart though. But wait, like there's
1: if, more. Yeah, it's like if I sold you a dollar of currency for twenty bucks and said, so you're gonna spend twenty bucks and you're gonna get this dollar. And you're going to get these 50 loot boxes as a bonus, but those
0: are free. So we don't have to disclose what they're, what's how they work. It's, it's why I always kind of laugh at the, cause everyone does it. I mean, this is just marketing, you know, the, the, the more you buy the cheaper it gets, but it's like, if I buy a hundred gold gold coins for five bucks, but if I buy 200 gold coins, it's $10, but I get a little bit extra. I'm like, it's, it's just arbitrary value you've assigned. You've, you've made it seem like I'm, it is indeed more per dollar, but it, it in the end, it's all kind of the same shit. It's whatever price they want to set for it. So, no, that's that's really funny. Um, no, that's that's really creative how they got around that. Uh, I got to give props for whoever in the legal team figured that one out. But, uh, yeah, you can tell they really, really don't want to show the odds for this stuff. Because, like like you said, Sal, it's probably not nearly as cut, as dry as, cut and dry as people think it is. All right, guys. Well, I think that's all I had for today. Like I said, it's kind of a slim show. Is there any other topics you guys wanted to touch on real quick before we go into shoutouts? I have I have one, it is it is a it is a topic bordering on a shout out, but I've
2: got to ask: Are you guys familiar with Beat Saber? That shit looks dope. <laughs> oh, it looks it looks so cool.
1: I don't know anything about this.
2: Okay, uh, I actually thought Zell, if anybody would, you would be the guy that would know this. Um, so it is an Oculus product uh, called Beat Saber, and you can very quickly find a lot of videos on it imagine yourself when you put on your little oculus rift rig um, you are transported into a very tron 2.0 kind of world and it is a it's your standard kind of beat music game you know where you have to hit the notes and stuff but you're holding uh either uh, you're holding lightsabers basically like one in each hand a red and a blue one or you're holding a darth maul style staff and your your full body going after these these your know, blocks these colored blocks coming at you and there will be walls of lightning that you have to duck, dive, duck, dive dodge, and stumble around. Like, and it is redonkulous looking. It is phenomenal good. Uh, it's it's literally at the point of like I may. Call my buddy up and go get another Oculus Rift Dev Kit. Just to hook this thing into a computer and oh, play this.
1: Oh yeah, you know what? I have seen a seen a, this uh, somewhere and I didn't know what it was or hear a name attached if to it. They so
2: put that on um, a thing other than an Oculus that I had to run through like a PC. I would buy this.
1: Just for I this. actually, I actually, um, I've effectively played this. This is not really new. I mean, they th- this is listed as, as I think coming out May of this year. But back in 2016, I bought a game called Audio Shield. Um, almost did the exact same thing, like, like seriously, almost the exact same thing. And I, I played it on my Vive uh, a ways ago.
0: So Jay, I've got some good news for you. So on the last day of the Sony countdown to E3, they confirmed that Beat Saber is indeed coming to PSVR. Well, oh, your PA, PS4. I'm, I'll be all over that. Yeah, I'll be my, all, my brother has a headset. I'm. I'm buying this for him solely so I can
2: play it. I <laughs> I am I am now gonna have to case out my ha- my you know the house I'm at so I can because I'm I'm like six two, so I'm I'm a relatively big guy. So I have to kind of figure out where I can play this and and get my get my Game of Thrones Jedi Ninja on without like smacking a light somewhere. Only if we get video footage of it.
0: I gotta see it. I, I, must, I will must do be streamed. <laughs> full
2: cosplay regalia if I have to. I'm 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 gonna put a GoFundMe up for that
0: uh get 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 Jay in full tron gear you know you can get oh led god. lights and everything and it'll be good um I, no yeah I, i'm all over this one too man this it's pretty it's pretty out, outlandish
2: though i mean it's like w- watching some of these guys like on here they did um uh better stronger faster uh by by daft punk on like
0: epic legendary mode i was lo- i was losing my mind i was like oh my god <laughs> It's it's even fun to watch. Like I like the ones where they've got like the person in front of like a green screen, so it's displaying in behind yeah. them what what they're doing. So you see them actually cutting through it. It is a lot of fun just to watch. Much less, I'm sure playing. It's a blast too. So I mean, it's the videos are worth it. I'll I'll, I'll put a few up in the description so people can check them out. Yeah, it's
2: it's actually it's actually pretty cool. Like this is the kind of thing that if you want to sell somebody on on VR, when you show them this stuff, it's like. I'm, I'm literally, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm pretty interested in VR. It'd be kind of cool. But you know, when I see something like this, I'm like that, that's, I want to bring that to the house. And like, that would be a party game. Like you could set somebody up and literally like watching the screen and, you know, we're like, you know, five sangria is in and we're, we're watching like, you know, Iron Mike over here, like going after, you know, queen on the beat saber or something. I, that would be pretty good.
1: I, uh, I threw in, uh, in the chat here for you the uh audio shield video and if you look at that y- you probably recognize a lot of the gameplay as far as how it looks and feels all uh, right
0: no I'll, I'll take a look at that yeah we'll take a look at it but uh yeah no man like this is this is great and i think that they it was kind of this one-off thing and when i first heard about it it was kind of the oculus only thing but then yeah i was looking i'm like i'm pretty sure they mentioned that at e3 like i, thought I saw a video for it and yes, they, they confirmed that's coming to, to PSVR, so I'll be sure to jump on that one, because it's a hell of a lot of fun to watch. It's fun to play. Um, it's going to be badass, so I'm looking forward to that. No release date on it, but uh, it's, it's pretty cool.
2: I mean, this is this is literally the kind of thing I could see putting into a Dave and & Buster's and like
0: oh, yeah. making some bang. You know, and on that note, there's a lot of pretty solid VR games that are coming out, at least from what I can tell on, uh, on the PlayStation. So my brother's been playing this game called Rec Room, and it I don't want to say it's like open source, but they've got like people that create like custom servers with different games in there and stuff like that. So they've got like, like true PVP VR games and it's a little weird. This some of the stuff you have to do, but he says it's actually a ton of fun. And they recently add some like battle Royale thing that you can do um, in VR. And he says it's really good. So um, there's a lot of options that are popping up. And I think PlayStation has done a lot of good work in trying to, you know, keep it reasonable and keep VR kind of alive and not so much a niche thing that, you know, users like Zell are doing and more of kind of a mainstream, like it's affordable, there's lots of content, it's not just going to be weird little games you have no interest in. So, you know, if you're a, a, a PlayStation user and you, you know, are considering it, there's a lot of good options out there that I'm seeing pop up on on PSVR to take a look at because it there's some good stuff coming up.
2: Yeah, I, I think... You know, we've talked about this like in the past in terms of how the VR stuff is kind of kicking. I mean, I, I think I, you had to go through this like initial breach into the into the mainstream market in, in terms of what we got with um, Oculus and some of the PSVR type stuff. I, th- I mean, there had to be, somebody had to be the first guy in the door, right? We, and everybody knows that guy is probably going to get shot in the face and he's going to go down. But then the rest, the rest of the people coming behind him, they've got a better chance at, you know, securing that market space. And that's that's kind of how I saw this starting to unfold is the first one or two two serious offerings out there, probably unless like they really struck lightning, they were going to struggle and there would be a little bit of a niche market, but then they would really push the technology and push what you could do. And, you know, other people would slowly really start to take over and push them, push that that concept forward. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff you can do in VR now that they couldn't three years ago, just because they're better at working in it. Uh, in terms of either how do you design games or how do you code for it, how you know how do you how do you need the technology to interface with people, you know, that stuff moves at the speed of innovation, and that's driven by market saturation. So I kind of think, uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing how this kind of continues to uh, you know, to push forward when you when you see things like this. Beat Saber is not a crazy game. It's not, it's, it is not, it's a very simplistic game, but it's done real well. Uh, I think uh, EVE Valkyrie was a more complex, certainly a more complex looking game, but at its core, it's a relatively simple, you know, kind of dogfighting game. Uh, and, but it was done really well. It, you know, just, it's pro- probably the most, uh, you know, the best example of, of a high quality type, type of game like that. And there's, quite a few of the other ones that are kind of going around out there, but nothing is a big tentpole seller yet. I think if you had like a, you know, it takes something like a a fallout VR, you know, like a full Monty fallout release in VR to, to really go really full mainstream. But when I see stuff like this, I'm sitting here watching the video right now, as we're talking, it just tells me that the technology continues to move in the direction that we kind of want it to. And I think it's not that far off from where, there's going to be some pretty cool stuff out there
0: at some point. No, nope, I think you're right. you're on point with that one, and I think it's it's worth keeping an eye on. You know, despite you know jokes about VR, I think there is some really good stuff coming out and, and not discounted just yet. It's got some some really good examples out there of like you said, simple games, but done really really well that are a lot of fun. And I think we've also kind of become a little saturated. We need everything to have a million different features. It's like no, you can have just a, a very simple fun game where you're just swinging around your arms like an idiot, you know, cutting up. Uh, you know glowing blocks but it's fun and that's kind of the whole point so worth keeping an eye on and I think we'll we'll certainly cover this stuff moving forward. Sounds like plan. All right guys so shout outs you all good? Sure. Okay. So my shout out goes to the uh, subreddit for uh, Thanos did nothing wrong. So <laughs> um to bring balance to the subreddits um the mods have deemed that tomorrow July 9th they are going to ban exactly one half of the users on the subreddit to restore balance to what it has to be so i think they've like what would you say like, like doubled their their user count in the last like week living for people who want to join this for the reddit to have a 50% chance of being banned is that about right
1: oh my god probably more than doubling I, yeah, people I, are just I joining every day just to get
2: banned <laughs> and they're like excited it's like do it do it I want to get
1: banned i'm like guys (laughs) purge me
0: no i thought that was was really funny um yeah spoilers for infinity war uh thanos kills half (laughs) of everybody um and and half of the people on reddit apparently so i'm looking forward to to, to seeing the stories on that
1: (laughs) one of the things that was very important to me to find out was um you know thanos was uh very clear that like this should be fair right like Regard that it needs to be completely random regardless of, like, age, wealth, position, power. You know, it needed to be fair. So it was very important to me to find out, and, and it is true, that the moderators will be included in the random process. So...
0: So what happens if they ban themselves, like, halfway through? <laughs> um, I,
1: I think that Reddit has actually helped them with this process, this, this script. So, um... Because there was actually some serious concerns they were going to do it a week earlier, Um, but the Reddit mods were like, we're not entirely sure anyone has ever banned this many people before in time ever, (laughs) and it's not a good time to do it like the day before, like the 4th of July since everyone is out of the office. So if you guys could wait a week, that'd be great. In case you break the the
0: universe, right? So.
1: So, um, I, I believe Reddit has actually built a script for this process that will 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 dole out the bans.
2: It's uh, well, the internet never ceases to uh, entertain and amaze. All
1: right.
0: Yeah. So that's pretty good stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to to see how well it does and if they actually make Reddit explode or not. So it'll be good. Uh, Livy, your shout out.
2: My shout out is uh, just a happy one hundredth birthday to
1: Captain America. Words. It's one of my favorite superheroes, so I just had to say that.
0: It's pretty legit. All right, Zell, you're up.
1: I don't have one this week.
0: Okay, dude, you said like three words for your intro and none for your your shout out.
1: I know. I'm I'm doing a poor job padding out the show this week. I know it was a yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. we really mm-hmm. need to just kind of fill some <laughs> time, run the clock a bit, keep this going as long as humanly possible. You know. Okay. And, so shout and, out to time I, padding. See, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to time passing. We're just gonna <laughs> see how much time we can pass right here until somebody tells me to shut up and moves on to the next oh, show.
2: Hypnotic a a cooking show. We're just gonna keep
0: padding the dough. Keep padding the dough. Oh my god. All right, Jay. Did you have one besides uh, Beat Saber?
2: I did. Yeah. So I would like to give her a shout out to basically not YouTube because that would be uh, definitely against my, my nature to give a shout out to the man, uh, AKA anybody with their digital boot on my neck. that's keeping my content and my money down. But uh, I, the fact that YouTube gives a platform to pretty much anybody within some limits, it's pretty cool. So I've found a lot of different music, a lot of different channels I follow. Uh, and there's one in particular it's got, it's a, uh, it's called the Marty Ray project. So it's basically like a, kind Of a blues, rock, rap kind of guy out of Memphis. Really, really cool artist. Uh, Bait actually may know who I'm talking about, but uh, I would not have found that if I wasn't kind of randomly going, you know, doing some YouTube stuff, uh, finding different music. So, I, you know, shout out to the fact that there's an indie pl- a platform for kind of anybody to, to put content out there, whether it's music, video game stuff, cooking shows, people listening to Zell wax eloquent about what his bank account used to be before Star Citizen. Who, who knows? Uh, but, it, you know, my shout-out would be to uh, Marty Ray Project, and I appreciate the music that he's putting out. Uh, he does some really cool kind of covers of different songs. Uh, he does kind of a, uh, believe it or not, a almost reggae-esque country blues cover of Vanilla Ice, of Ice Ice Baby, which is actually quite good. He's got a lot of original stuff. He uses kind of these different covers, these kind of off-the-wall covers to pull you into his own music he does one of coolio's gangster paradise that's like killer good uh, so shout out to that to that guy marty ray project uh and anybody on youtube that's putting out content that's making somebody uh try to figure figure out how they can give you some money on patreon or you know some kind of some kind of jazz like that so you can
1: uh, make a little bit of money doing what you like episode title jay shouts out to the man <laughs> all
0: right well guys a pretty good show uh, despite having to pad the time a little bit with Zell, but uh it's good stuff so uh as usual if you want us to talk about any particular topics on the show or if you want us to uh you know, have you on the show do let us know go to biomass.com check out the contact information get a hold of us and we'll have you on but that being said thanks for joining us and we will see you next week